All right, welcome to yet another podcast from My Animate. I'm your host, Larry Vasquez, and joining me once again is Rick Arroyo. How you doing, Rick? What's up, everybody? How you guys doing? Man, we are knocking these out, aren't we? We are working like mad dog. I don't want to keep up with this pace, so I'm hoping nobody's getting spoiled out there. But we just really, honestly, we have a lot going on, and it's been really neat with the instructors wanting to to jump on and, and take some time with us. And we actually got a different show tonight. Um, we've got two guests that'll be joining us here and we're gonna take a little bit of different approach here um with this one we've had the last couple here and three after this or so a lot of them are instructors and and uh professionals but we're gonna actually take it from a different point tonight and have uh, our two guests jeff williams and daryl vasquez my brother and taking it kind of more from professionals who have been our students and or students right now so I think it'll kind of be a different and unique podcast tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, it's always uh, it's always fun to hear what what our students or our graduates are are saying and and what what they have learned and what they have brought to to their studios that they're working at and just really hearing hearing their voice, you know. Right. Well, let's pull in our, our guest tonight. Here, hang on. Let's get him over here. Hi, Jeff, guys. how are you? What's going on? How's it going? We're waiting for uh, Daryl here, but we'll... Hey. Hello, hello. How's it going? Good. What's up? All right. Well, we really appreciate you guys jumping on here with us and taking some time. Uh, why don't you guys introduce yourself so that way we can get those who will be listening to recognize your name and voice that way when you guys start talking here. Jeff, uh, I'm with it? Yeah. I'll, uh, my name's Jeff Williams. Um, I'm an animator at Insomniac Games, and I recently started... Uh, Feature workshops at iAnimate. Uh, I am Daryl Vasquez, uh, iAnimate alumni, and currently working at Insomniac Games. One of the things I kind of mentioned here at the beginning of the the podcast was just kind of wanting to take a little bit of a different uh, feel with this podcast. We've had a couple that we've recorded now with some of our instructors who have been, you know, professionals in the industry for you know quite some time now. But one of the things we wanted to do with this podcast in particular was be able to talk with some of the, you know, you guys here who um, have been students, you know, or currently a student, you know, someone like you, Jeff. And I think the neat mix with you two, Daryl being one of our first class alumni graduates, and then now you, Jeff, who has had a background in animation, still wanting to continue and further your 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 skills there and joining iAnimate. So I think it's going to be kind of a neat discussion on that. Maybe not. Um. <laughs> Everyone's like so stunned. Like, yeah. I'm really doing this. This is awesome. <laughs> and, and yes, Larry, it will be a great discussion. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> My magic eight ball said this was going to be a great podcast. You guys, uh, no, it's just good. <laughs> well, um, Jeff, uh, we'll start out with you here. Um, how long have you been animating professionally? I am going on um, eight years now, I guess, uh, yeah, eight years come January. Um, six of them in video games proper, and then I was two years spent kind of as a as an artist, uh, generalist at a different studio doing animation, doing painting, doing, you know, all sorts of different stuff. Um, okay. It's kind of a little bit of a different thing from video games, um, you know, as we normally call them. So it's kind of a weird little two-year stint outside of that but there seems to be sometimes that need to kind of pay a little bit of dues you know kind of getting your feet grounded before you're able to do something along that lines like you mentioned here for the uh the games animation yeah yeah it's it, um you know my first game job was um it was kind of tumultuous you know i went through all the ups and downs that game industry has been known to you know or the reputation of working tons of hours getting laid off um i took the other job because i the um the ability to do lots of different things i found very exciting i got to do animation i got to do um logo design and digital painting and all these other things that um, i still love to do um but it was actually that job that that refocused me back on being a character animator and wanting to animate characters full time and do nothing else. So it was a great experience, if for nothing else, for that. Okay. Now, did you have some training beforehand in, in yeah. animation? Yeah, I um, I went to college in Chicago, um, the Illinois Institute of Art, 
uh, with a uh, majoring in media arts and animation. And then um, I also went to Animation Mentor back in 2007. Um, and, you know, that was, a, that was a great experience. It helped me get to where I am today. Um, and then decided that, you know, I really wanted to push myself even further. And that's why I jumped into iAnimate. Very cool. Yeah, that was one of the things that um, kind of why I wanted to get with you guys here and Rick and I. Um, my wife has mentioned one time, you know, kind of going, well, if these guys are kind of already working in the industry, why would they, you know, want to join iAnimate? And to me, it's kind of like what you're doing now. It's just that idea of wanting to always progress and get better and, and refine your skills there. Um, this is your first block right now at iAnimate, right? Yeah. Yep. This is my first time through. Um, I sent my stuff to Jason and, uh, you know, I think with my background being in games, you know, I had a, a pretty decent um, structure with an understanding body mechanics. So he put me into class four um, and I've been having a blast with it. It's been great. Yeah. We've seen some of your shots. <laughs> really cool. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Thank you. One of the things I like about um, iAnimate and be able to get a, some of you guys like this who are professionals already working in the industry and getting you guys in is it has definitely raised the bar. I remember this was our first, actually our first workshop, and I was in uh, workshop three, and I think it was the first week people started showing some stuff on the site. I was blown away. I, I was going, oh man, I gotta, I gotta bring my A game, you know. And so uh, it's been really neat getting you know guys like you to be able to jump in and want to refine your skills because it's been it's allowed other people to kind of really raise that bar there. I totally agree. My, my class was a good example. There was, um, you know, we had a, a lot of people of very varying degrees of expertise. Some people that had a bunch of people that were professionals already, some people that had only been animating, you know, a year because they had just started iAnimate. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a great, it's a great mix of students because you, you always get, um, you always get something new out of it. Right. You know, I think if you had too many people that were all pros, you, they wouldn't ask the questions that, you know, the new guys would ask. Right, right. Um, and if there weren't new guys in there, you might not get, you might not get, you know, some explanations on some things that you forgot about years ago. Hmm. Um, and it was, it was great. It was really awesome. Now, who's your instructor right now? I have Luke Randall. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've watched some of his lectures. Very neat instructor. Oh, he's terrific. Yeah, he's fantastic. Now, Daryl, D, I call him. Sorry, it's going to be tough to call him Daryl on this. <laughs> so if I call him D, that's why. He's been called D for quite some time back in his wrestling days. Um, one of the reasons why I want to bring you in as well is because you have a different perspective on this, being one of our first graduating class, not having you know an animation background as far as working in the industry yet. You want to tell us a little bit how you, know, you kind of got started with iAnimate and maybe where it's helped prepare you now working in the, the couple studios you had so far since graduation. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got started with animation with following, basically following Jason Ryan and his, uh, tutorials. And, you know, that was, that was my intro to, to animation. And once he opened up the school, it was, you know, all in for me just cause of his, his workflow, his, you know, willingness to help, help people and encourage them. So yeah, I got started with that. Started in workshop, well, three, which is now four. Um, so, uh, started there and, and just had a blast, you know, got to, I was actually in those classes with people that were far more superior <laughs> than me. You know, their professional level was just super high. And, you know, not only did I feel you know, astonished with their work, I felt inadequate to be in class with them, but it definitely pushed me. It, it pushed, pushed me to, to work harder, you know, and get, and get caught up, you know, to catch up to where they were. So it was just been an awesome experience. Now, how do you think, um, cause we were, uh, Rick and I were talking about one of the blogs that Richard Lico had an interview on and he was talking about internship and he was kind of talking about how, um, not always, but they can be a drain on the company because you're using a lot of time and resources with having to train that person. 
And he kind of analogized, you know, a program like iAnimate as kind of that internship. You know, you, here you are with a professional now, same thing you would be doing in a company, and you're with them week in, week out with that training. How do you feel like iAnimate and the, the workshops that you took prepared you to jump into these studios that, you know, you didn't have that background in? Yeah, I think it, it prepared me in, in many ways just to deal with uh, directors and leads, um, you know, just as you would treat your, uh, your, your instructor, you know, they're, they're giving you notes, they're, you know, they're dealing with you on a, on a daily basis. But I think at the same time too, along with the camaraderie of this, the school, you know, you kind of got to, to see how it was to have fellow coworkers too. You know, I, I was just talking with Jeff today and just how much we gain from each other. You know, I ask him tons of questions. So it's not just getting it from your instructor and your directors and such, you know, but it's, it's your coworkers. It's, you know, your classmates, you're, you're pushing forward together. And, uh, you know, for me, that's, that was huge. Very good. Now you started out, your first gig out of iAnimate was at Magnetic Dreams. Yes. Yeah. With, uh, Andrew Adbury. Andrew Adbury. Yeah. One of our, uh, 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 yeah, one of our graduates, he's at Disney now, and he uh, he posted the job on, on the site, and you know, I, I had got to meet him a couple times at CTN, and, you know, some of these uh, iAnimate get-togethers, and, you know, they, they were looking for, for temp guys, contract guys, and, you know, he went straight to the site because he knew, you know, the, the animators were there, and it was cool, cool getting to work with, you know, someone that you got to enjoy and learn from, you know, as classmates. And so that was kind of a, it's about a small to mid-sized studio. And then that was kind of able to transition you from there to now Insomniac where it's a... Yeah, that was a small studio. Yeah, okay. Not a mid-sized, that was a small studio, which was awesome. (laughs) It was actually really unique, you know, really getting to know mostly everybody in the studio, you know. You got to go out to lunch every day with, we had four or five animators, you know, and it was really cool getting to know those guys and yeah, it definitely helped prepare me for a, I would say Insomniac's a, a mid-sized group and uh, yeah, it was, it was good, good learning ground. It felt like that establishment kind of, okay, I'm, I'm a professional animator now and you just got to move forward. So very cool. Um, Jeff, how'd you hear about iAnimate? I had um, I kind of similar to Daryl. I, I followed, Jason's stuff for a long time um you know back when I was he was still with animation mentor when I was taking am um yeah he was one of their first uh class instructors or something like that yeah exactly so I I followed his stuff and I loved that he was still doing things outside of their program and I kept I kept up with what he was doing then I had a bunch of friends that were um in the same position they were they were professional animators they were already working you know with me um and they were taking it, and they were. And I was watching their work skyrocket, and you know, I I was like, if I have the time, if there's a space in my schedule for that stuff, I'm I'm gonna do it, no question. And then I weirdly picked the time where we were like crunching the most on this game <laughs> to do this. I didn't know if I would, if that was a huge mistake. It ended up working out okay, but uh, yeah, I was I was really amped to do it. Well, let's talk about that because most of our students are working professionals how has balancing i animate with your current workload been it it's um i'll be honest it wasn't as difficult as i thought it was going to be i expected it to be a nightmare um you know i get i get into work um, i'm in there pretty early and you know i work a good day but i try not to mess around when i'm at work i want to do work and i don't want to you know take time away to be playing ping pong outside or doing you know like I, I'm there, I want to work. Right. So um, it hasn't been too bad. And then I just reserve time, you know, during the weekend. Like this is when I'm going to work on my shot for iAnimate. It's going to be Thursday night, Friday night, you know, all day Saturday if need be. And then and then I just, you know, I get it done. Like I, I'm used to a tight deadline and, and I just, you know, I, I went through the same thing years back with, with Animation Mentor for two years worth. And I'm kind of used to what I need to do 
to, to get that done while working professionally. So, um, and luckily our crunch, at least for some of the animators, wasn't as bad as it was for other departments. Um, yeah, I think, I think Daryl and I could think of somebody who would disagree with us, but <laughs> at least for some of us, it wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> terrible. Yeah. What are some nuggets that you've taken from, uh, cause we're at our 14th week right now uh, for this block. And this is obviously your first one here. Uh, what are some nuggets that you think that you've taken, you know, cause sometimes, I mean, I tell you what, that 14 weeks can kind of fly by. Oh, this one totally has. <laughs> yeah. But you think about it, that's three and a half months. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's a good chunk of time. W what are some things that you feel like you've kind of taken away from it for this, this block that was kind of worth your time and money? Um, you know, I, there's some things that directly impacted what I was able to do at work, which was great. Like I didn't get to spend, you know, I was working, working on fuse and I didn't get to spend a whole lot of time doing the cinematic stuff. But when I was, I was getting some pretty, you know, it was perfect because I was getting some close up acting shots. Um, and all this stuff that I was, that Luke was hammering me on and, you know, drilling into my brain every week was paying dividends immediately. Like, it was just, I could see that when you're on a tight deadline and I was, I was putting all that new knowledge into what I was doing at work and that was fantastic. And then, you know, just being able to polish, which we don't always get to do in our situation. Typically the game environment is, you may be spending three years on a game or whatever it is, but you'd be surprised at how fast things change on a day-to-day -day basis. You may not get to polish as much as you want. I felt like the the stuff I was getting out of loose class helped me get to a more polished state quicker for the, for the game. I just want to know, did, did you, um, adapt your workflow or, or modify some of your workflow since, you know, you were doing these classes? Um, I didn't change it too much. I felt like, um, I had a better sense of what idea I was going to go with at the start, you know, working on, I think Daryl would agree with this too. Working on something like Ratchet and Clank, where you're doing 30 seconds of animation a week, like you get pretty <laughs> fast at this stuff. Um, so it was more about like just getting that good idea in there early and being able to spend more time on the polished stuff, mm. which was great. Yeah, that's one area I noticed for uh, Daryl here. You know, obviously being my brother, I keep up with him, <laughs> um, but noticing that some of the stuff that he was working on on the side, his own personal stuff, um, it seemed to jump significantly when he was now actually in the studios where, and, and probably particularly for these kind of situations here where you have a shorter deadline, it seemed like he was able to get more time into that polishing and it just seemed to really skyrocket in regards to his, his workflow. And that was actually one of the things I think I talked to Rick two years back at CTN when, or maybe it was a year back at CTN when we were talking about the games workshops in general. Um, obviously there is a difference within the in-game cinematics and that's why these games workshops have been specifically for that. But I noticed a lot of these guys have talked about how it's, even if they want to go into television or feature, it's definitely helped improve their workflow because they've had to get results faster. And then now, like you're saying here, to be able to kind of spend that extra time in that polish now when you have it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's um, like I was saying before, it, it can change so fast. I mean, <clears throat> some of the things that you'll do on Monday won't be the same thing you'll do on Friday. <laughs> or the thing you did Monday is gone by Thursday, you know. Um, and it's all about getting the idea in quickly so people can see it. And as, as that was something that Luke always tried to get us to do it, like in the first part of each assignment where he says, the fewest amount of poses possible to tell the story as completely as it needs to be. Um, and that's, I think that's what we try to do in at Insomniac is we, you know, we're in a good situation where designers and people who aren't animators can see stepped keys and understand it still for the most part. And a lot of other places I've worked, it's gotta be pretty much splined out and final before they understand what's in the game and then say no or not <laughs> and then say no exactly <laughs> so we're we're in a good situation that we can we can get a you know if we can block something in really quickly and put it in the game and get people's eyes on it we can get a yes or a no or a push this change that um and it being able to iterate quickly like that has, has been a huge help 
I think the animators at Insomniac are great at being able to put something in very fast and see what it looks like. Daryl, is that the same for you? Do you find um, when you finish my animate and you started at your first studio, did you find that you were picking up, you know, fast these or applying these techniques that you were learning? Yeah, uh, applying them quickly, but having to adapt even quicker. Um, I felt like my workflow was continuing to change. And being an alumni, I'm still on the site every day. I was still listening to instructors that I love listening to and, and watching their workflow. And I was just continuing to go, okay, how can I change this? How can I, how can I catch up? How can, like Jeff saying, you have 30 seconds of animation on four characters in a week, you, you have to start honing down on those things. And, and that's, I think my biggest grasp was I, I was going, I have to pick a workflow and I have to get it fleshed out because these things have to get done so quickly. And I think that's, yeah, that's exactly it is, is I was now taking everything I've learned, this pile of, of knowledge and now going, how can I apply this efficiently? And get and get where I want to get, get the polish, get the animation, get everything I want in as quickly as I can, and that and it really it did with with Ratchet, and especially especially Ratchet, you know, having so much footage a week, it was like you you just you have to decide. There's there's no second guessing. There's you know you don't have time to go backwards and go this isn't working. I'm going to redo it. You have to you have to make the best of what it is. So. Yeah, not if you wanted to go home that day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think uh, um, a lot of guys who are listening might not know this, but often in games, the cinematic is done uh, towards the end of a project because of the story hasn't been locked down or the boards haven't been locked down, if you get boards, if you're lucky enough. I mean, if you're at a great studio, you, you might get some type of boards. But um, that being said, often cinematics can be changed, like, like Jeff was saying, or a, a part of the game can be changed the same day that you just finished it. So yeah. So was that challenging for you guys? Or well, probably more for Daryl, was that challenging for you to really like going into like the game industry and realizing that things can change so quickly? Yeah, you, you really I mean I, I remember hearing from from pros all the time going, you know, this isn't your work, this is somebody else's project. Don't put too much you know, don't hold on to your work too much. And we and we had to do that in class, you know, when they're going, Hey, this isn't working, you're like, Oh my gosh, I poured my heart and soul into it. I don't want to give it up. You, you have to, you know, it's the name of the game and, and really for the best of it, you know, your instructors make your work better. When I talk to my director, or my leads or my coworkers, they're making my shots better. It's not that, you know, I'm going to them and asking for their opinion because I want the shot better. And yeah, you, you have to just learn to let go of shots and, and roll with the punches. Cause <laughs> I've, I've lost plenty of shots. I've, I've had, <laughs> cameras change on last days that I'm supposedly just doing polished cleanup and I had eight cameras change and you're going, okay, well, you just got to roll with the punches. You got yeah. to make it work. Do, do you find that um, if when you were, uh, even for you, Jeff, now, do you find that uh, your instructors are helping you get out of your comfort zone and helping you push yourself to the next level? Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, Luke is great at that. And we were talking to Luke today about how, I, you know, apparently he has a reputation for giving a lot of notes um, around the site. Uh, and some of them are big, you know, some of them are big notes. Um, but you just, you trust the guy. You know, I know, and I can see it immediately as soon as he says it, you know, this is, he's right. This is, this is a good note. You know, it's going to be a little painful to go through there, but, and sometimes he would give me a note like that three weeks in a row and it's a sizable note, but it's always in, in the service of the shot and making it better. And I think that's it's great when you get, when you get, you know, we're in a, <clears throat> we're in a situation where we have great instructors that we can trust. And I think we've got a great team at Insomniac that we can trust their opinions on and know that like, it's not, it's not getting feedback. That's going to ruin the shot or ruin the, the action or whatever it is. Um, you know, just out of the blue, it, it's all in service of making it better. Um, and I think, that, you know, to reinforce that in both directions, at work and at school, that's what you couldn't ask for anything better there. 
Yeah, I, I really think the, the relationship, and I'm, I'm just talking you know, personally, I believe the relationship that we have with, with our students or the, the students have with our instructors, I think it's a great relationship. You know, it's not it's like, hey, come to class and, you know, I'm just going to give you uh, your critiques or whatnot, but really talk to these guys. And even when I got the chance to meet you guys at CTN, like, I I personally enjoyed it. And, and I think it, it, it helps when we, you know, we give critiques or the instructors give critiques to know like, hey, it might sound like I'm hard on you guys or this is a really, really, you know, I know you're not going to enjoy this, 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 this <laughs> comment, you know, but, but trust me on this one, I'm, I'm doing this out of love. Here comes the bomb. <laughs> you know, huh? Here yeah. comes the bomb. Yeah. So. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. I mean, it's, it's been pretty great. This is my first workshop and I've already experienced that, you know, with Luke, um, a great way. You know, like the guy's super genuine and he's super nice and he just wants to, make everybody better and i think that's and that's why i went to the school in the first place just to to be around people like that daryl i know you mentioned jumping into insomniac working on ratchet and clank that was just released a couple weeks back here uh, i was just released last week last week okay yeah last what's, week what's the full title uh ratchet and clank full frontal assault yeah, go go get the game. And, and That's right. A little Q, plug for the guys. Q Force for those uh, overseas. All right. Now, one of the things I remember talking to you on this project was having to sink or swim type deal and learning to animate these characters. You've never, you don't know who they are really. I mean, you maybe checking out some of the games and stuff and talking about how even months later, by the time you're getting on multiple other shots here, how how those came a lot more natural now that you knew the characters. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it's funny. Even watching them now, now that the game's release and, and you know seeing all the cinematics lit, it's like, oh my gosh, I want to go back to those first shots I did and and redo them because yeah, you you they threw me in and you know my <laughs> I, my first day, my director shows me my shot. We play through the animatic. And he's like, it's 12 yeah, minutes long. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's like almost two minutes long, literally two minutes long. And he's like, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get this done in about four weeks. And, and I'm like, this whole thing, like the first shot in it or like the whole thing. And he's like, oh, you'll get it. You'll get it. And, and I'm like, yeah, right. But yeah, definitely as it, as it, as time went on, you begin to go, okay, this is something that Ratchet would do, you know, this works for Quark, this doesn't work for these other characters, and you do, you fall into a rhythm of, of yeah, this is what the character is, this is who they are, and, and really in, in film or, you know, whatever it is, you know, you'll kind of see that in boards, you'll keep, see that from your supervisor, and, and with, with me when I got there, my director put me with two uh, animators who have worked on Ratchet for many years, and, and they knew him, so that helped too because it was like no that's not what ratchet looks like you know that's his eyes don't look like that his pupils aren't that big his eye his ears don't flap like it was like you're like okay well how do they and with that help you begin to to realize okay this is what it is or this is what it is to to animate ratchet this is what he looks like this is how he moves this is how he stands and yeah but it it all comes from the good instructor that you you had it i animate and it really it, it put me into, okay, I can listen to these guys. I trust these guys. They've worked with it forever. They know what they're talking about. So that, that definitely helped out a lot. Because, yeah, I'm thinking that, you know, something like I animate, for the most part, you're working on your own shots. You're coming up with the own character, their background and stuff like that. So basically what you're saying, though, is that just working with your instructor, you were able to adapt to something like that just by sheer being able to take feedback. Yeah, feedback. I think feedback the big thing yeah once you once you have leads and you have people that already know they're they've already been immersed in this and they already know how to animate these characters you just have to take their word you gotta you gotta take their guidance and, and let them help you along as as you as you figure it out and by the end like you said I, I i knew who they were then by the end of the show i go okay i know who they are i know how they need to be animated yeah i think the um you know we we went through some of those issues on Fuse, you know, it's a Fuse is a first, it's a brand new IP. These characters have never been shown to the public before. So there was some, some growing pains, you know, within the team about, well, would he do this or would she act like this or what, 
what is her most appealing facial shape or you know, we would we would go back and forth and you know you give you give the same line of dialogue to all these different animators and they'll animate them totally differently um so that was something we we had to you know definitely figure out on on fuse was how do how who are these characters you know and because the nature of the story in a in a game environment can change sometimes that character changed dramatically from the person we used to know to this new identity or new backstory or new information based on something that was written for them. That was a huge challenge for us. Now, we can't talk too much about Fuse because you, it's not released yet, but I n remember you saying something along the lines of that there was a, a style change in regards to the animation. Can you kind of work your way around talking about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I hope Ted's not listening to this. Um, <laughs> No, but I mean, it's, it's, you can see it in the, um, you know, if you go to YouTube and look at the Overstrike trailer, the original Overstrike trailer, and then look at the new stuff under, under Fuse, um, we were going into, in a, originally a, a much more campy direction. It was almost entirely hand keyed at that point. But, and I think Ted has admitted to this publicly, like the game just wasn't there yet. Like we didn't have the gameplay to support this stuff. And it was more style than anything. And, and it was difficult. I mean, I animated basically the opening cinematic hand keyed that then was scrapped and, and <laughs> it was mo-capped in a studio. I had a, well, a whole, well, whole thing almost done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had almost the entire thing finished. And, um, you know, that was, that was interesting. It, it was a little, you know, it was a bummer for sure, but at least we knew that like okay we found the identity of this of this game and you know coming off of especially the ratchet crew type of people who who love to work on the hand keyed cartoony stuff you know you hear motion capture and you start to shudder a little bit but um you know, we still got to hand key a ton of stuff and we were still even motion capture you know, it's it doesn't work right out of the gate. You've got to edit it he heavily if you want it to have any sort of personality. Um, so we would just adapt. You know, you just push it and make it either take what the mocap used, you know, gave you, or barely use it and say, you know, for what this action really needs, it's got to be all me here. And I, and then that's the cool part is trying to blend. This is hand keyed. This is mocap, and hopefully you can't tell the difference. Yeah. yeah, it was actually, um, I'm not sure if Rick and I were talking about how we're going to release these here, but just for the record here, this one was recorded after the Alexis Winneroy podcast. So depending on when we release it or not, I don't know, but um, actually we got into talking a little bit about motion capture and kind of that same thing where not necessarily needing to be, you know, shy away from it, but just that even the idea that you can use it for even just a blocking, you know, take what you can from it there. And I know they often use that a lot in games there to get you yeah, up the ladder, so to speak, for a bit, and then key and key out the rest of it from there. Yeah, totally. We um, you know, listeners may not be familiar with the um, Moven suit, which is you may have seen it um, on other like VFX making ofs, or um, it's it's a cameraless motion capture suit that you know you can kind of just go out and do a parking lot and wear this suit and it's all got markers all over the body sensors on the body and we use that heavily for previs on our cinematics it's it's got its limitations so you had to be careful with where you use it obviously you wouldn't want to do any combat moves because you break one of these sensors and it's thousands of dollars you're you got to pay back. Um, Jeff knows from experience. No, <laughs> the way he's and, talking. He's like, yeah, let me tell you, that's quite he, a bit of money. He, wear, he wears a suit around the studio a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of a bony kind of guy and those things hurt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we would. We would use that stuff, um, you know, to help us, at least in cinematics. A lot of our cinematics were previs that way. And sometimes you could use it if it wasn't a crazy action-y shot. Other times it was just, this isn't really that usable, but it helps me plan out the timing, helps me block this thing out. So there's definitely you know, gives and take, you know, give and take. You can get you some a starting point faster, but 
or it can kind of be used almost like reference where you're kind of at least, like you said, see them timing or seeing yeah. it. I think one of the things that Alexis mentioned in the podcast was just being able to see it in previs to see, okay, can this character make it from this point to this point correctly in the room, mm-hmm. you know, figuring that out via that method than trying to animate it, blocking it out and going, okay, this isn't working. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you could get that that information pretty quickly because we would use it in conjunction with Motion Builder and we can build out you know, a chalk outlines on the ground and figure out this is the size of our set and watch the character move in that environment in real time and say, okay, this is, this, this character cannot fit inside this helicopter because the helicopter was built too small or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that may or may not have actually happened, but um, <laughs> it's things like that, that, that are very helpful yeah. you know, to understand. Yeah. I think the, the mocap too, for for animation and body mechanics it's extremely helpful to really see what real motion real life human (laughs) motion is and and you get to you really get to dissect things that you you want to even see in reference unless you unless you really had markers on your body to really see what your shoulders doing and and all these little super highly detailed uh areas that really help your eye for hand stuff, you can mm-hmm. now see uh, what realistic, completely hyper-realistic motion is compared to somewhat stylized action is. So I think that also is helpful. I, I was the same way going in. I was like, oh, man, mocap, I want to hand key this. But but you you can use it and you can, you know, there, there's definitely a happy medium and, and you can actually learn from it. That's a good point. I remember just being introduced to using reference here at iAnimate, a class of Ted T just talking about when we shot reference, he just mentioned, I mean, literally watch your reference like 20, 30, 40 times thinking, yeah, I mean, really, you know, I, I shot it. I, I know it, but it's not until you get multiple weeks into your shot that you realize, no, you didn't know exactly what the hips were doing or the shoulders in relationship to that. So yeah, I can see where you can even use something like motion capture to kind of at least even start building that library in your head how the body actually works yeah totally i agree for fuse you mentioned that style change there or uh the style change but the characters also changed now was the characters changing because of the the style or was it because of the story or how how did that work it was um kind of a combination of the two um you know we had the game originally wasn't going to be m-rated um and we were going for kind of a teen, a soft teen rating, um, and it was it was kind of at a at a you know a hard angle with what we actually wanted to do with the gameplay. That rating was really kind of c- c- killing us there a little bit. Um, so we made the decision that if we're going to make the game that we really want to make, some of this more campy elements, some of the um, you know, more cartoony stuff, it's not going to fit quite as well anymore. So we made that push into being um, much more, you know, they still, the characters are still a little stylized. They're not, we're not going, you know, trying to replicate reality, making a a simulator by any means. But, um, you know, we needed to push things more in that direction. A good example of that is if you remember from the Overstrike trailer, there's uh, the kind of like big robot at the end, um, got completely redesigned and ironically that was the character I was in charge of and I, had, <laughs> <laughs> I had the whole character done I had all his move sets done I had everything in the game for that guy they redesigned him entirely and then I redid all that work and then they scaled him up 50% like a few months after that so then I redid that work because he was now too light for all those animations um, but ultimately I think the character's way cooler now because he's towers over the the you know the heroes and he's very threatening and in the past he really wasn't that threatening he was very spindly looking he had a weird silver skull thing going on um and he was and he was kind of small he looked you know you didn't notice that he was any bigger than you unless you walked right up next to him um and those were challenges for sure but ultimately I, in the end i think they were the right decisions that had to be made that was one of the things i think we talked about again in our last podcast it just that that payoff that thing you see at the end it makes all that <laughs> labor like you're saying right there you're going oh i just spent all this time working on this character now it's completely scrapped but now you're like you're saying at the end looking at it going okay no that was, it was well worth it yeah 
I have to give props, especially to our, our character TDs who make it easier than otherwise it would be to transfer animation and to get somewhere of a starting point back to, instead of going completely fresh, get as much of what we used to do in there as possible and mitigate some of those huge losses. <laughs> <laughs> especially when you're doing a character for the third time, you're like, please, please write a script or something that can transfer this animation. <laughs> you gotta and they do a fantastic salvage. job. Gotta salvage anything you can. Yeah. Um, I had a thought in my head and I, that joke blew it on me. So I forgot what it was. Uh, Oh, the rigs, the rigs. Um, how have, cause one of the things that we have here are just some phenomenal rigs. Um, how is, how are the rigs, you know, at say Insomniac and f for games and then how have you adapted to maybe some of the limitations with them? Well, I think, I think yeah. for me, the biggest thing is, is, you, we can't use blend shapes in a in a video game, and and that's the big difference that we see from our feature rigs and our uh, games rigs is is they're all joint based. And but I realize that we don't really have much limitations. They're just as expressive. They're just as we have great TDs that clean up the the rigs where you're not getting bad shapes by over rotating arms and shoulders and you know these these ugly pinches or uh angles they 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 do a fabulous job at keeping everything very seamless we have tons of scripts and t massive amounts of helpful very helpful <laughs> tools at our hands yeah we we really and sometimes i mean they'll they'll you'll open a character and it it, it will be as complex as any you know, I animate or feature rig that I've seen. Um, and you really wouldn't know that you don't have the kind of super clean blend shape deformations, especially on like Ratchet, on a Ratchet and Clank title. Um, mm. I mean, it's all, it's all on the face. It's all joint based. But you, if you can't get a good looking shape, it's really hard to not be able to get what you want. And if you can't, you know, we sit right next to the guys and there's no... There's no, you don't have to go up a chain or get th something fixed on a rig. You just, dude, fix that and then <laughs> do it. Yeah. And I and I was actually I was I was more afraid knowing that the rigs we have are some of the best rigs out there, and we've heard from multiple people that these rigs are awesome. And I was afraid going, okay, I'm here working on the best rigs, and now I'm gonna go out into the real world and have to work with crappy rigs and like. But that was that was cool, actually being able to work with these things and and these these guys that are great TDs. Like Jeff was saying, we sit right next to one, and it's like, hey, I have a problem here. He's like, oh, here, do this. And it's like, okay, it's done. Cool. Let's just keep animating, you know. Yeah. So that was that. Yeah, it's really cool. So you know what? Let me ask. Uh, I'll ask this one to Daryl. I mean, you when you started, you started training in the feature workshop, um, but now you've been working on cinematics. Uh, do you find there's a difference? Do you like working in games? Do, are you interested in learning more about games and considering doing like in-game animation? Well, actually, so on Ratchet and Clank, yeah, it was all cinematics. And then I moved over to Fuse and worked on cinematics, but I got to push over into in-game. Um, so I actually got to learn in-game, and that was really cool. And I actually, when I moved over to Fuse, I definitely thought about getting into the the games workshops because I was like, well, this is, this is interesting. It's totally different from my way of thinking. You know, it's a completely different way of thinking. And I definitely had to learn it and, and fight through, you know, very tedious details and all these little joint based motion joints and things that you don't think about when you're animating. You're going, Hey, I want to move my character from point A to point B. But in the game, you go, okay, it has to be able to translate into a gamer and responsiveness. And, you know, there, there's so much aspects that you have to think about. So, but I, I, I see now why I animate games is so important because it is completely different. There, there's no one taught me it going in it, but I had guys around me that were very helpful and would walk me through it and set up my desk and go, okay, this is how we enter it into the tools and this is how you see it. And this is what you need to do to get it working in the game. And yeah, it was, it was, it was very, it, it's a completely different world, but 
it, it's they they coexist together, <laughs> but <laughs> there's definitely unique things about each each side of things. Yeah. Was it was it? Um, I mean, do you find it's too hard? Is there a lot of things you're still learning? And do you were you able to touch a lot of systems, or or you just you know how? Yeah, I, mean, I, I think there's still a long. I mean. There's still a lot, lot to learn. <laughs> there, there, there's a, very tedious things, but yeah, I think, I think you can always learn things. I got to, I got to touch a lot of things. I got to work on a lot of different aspects of, of crouches and walks and runs and, you know, moving them from a, a male to female. And, um, but yeah, I, I think that I was able to, I was able to pick it up quickly, um, but it's very different different beast it's a completely different beast yeah, yeah. it totally it really is. is it's it's um i, I think the, the the games workshop guys are they're so lucky because nobody was teaching that stuff when i was in college like when i got my first job in games and the first thing i'm doing is trying to get my character to play in the game i've never seen this stuff ever <laughs> and this this is back in the day when we're like we're editing text files to get animations to play and i don't my brain doesn't function that way. So, like, you know, we're in a cool situation now where we have all these new tools at work that are way more artist-friendly um, than stuff that I've used in the past where, like I said, you're, you're editing text. to and I, don't, I can't even read that stuff. It looks like the Matrix. Um, <laughs> and it's, you know, now we've got, it's much more visual. But there's still always that, that you know, learning curve of like all right i see it it's playing in maya it looks good in maya what's going on why doesn't it work here and there's a bunch of layers to kind of work through that is it is it ai is it the tool is it the export is you know where is that coming from um and that's all i'm i've been doing this for eight years and i i learn more every day <laughs> it's like every every problem's a new problem you yeah. have to really problem solve to really get there and i like what jeff said you know not only the tools being very user friendly. We have good programmers that, for the most part, I didn't almost have to worry about anything. They had everything plugged in, ready to go. They're like, "Hey, just get this animation going. I export it, and I can already be playing it in game and be going. Okay, there's a problem here. Go back to Maya, fix it. Go back to the game, look at you know. And it was just kind of learning, just like what Justin. You're trying to get what's looking good in Maya to get looking good in the game as you're playing it. Hmm. Yeah, it's been neat seeing the the combination of our of our feature workshops and our games. Like you said there's definitely a, a bridge, but then there are they're both also very distinct and so it's been really neat seeing the combination of them too, particularly when uh we've had uh demo reels up when kind of mixing the two together. So it's been definitely a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean games is is a big thing. There's just so much to learn. You're 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 thinking like a designer, but you're an artist. But you have to also be aware of all these technical things and, and limitations with the engine, or how to deal with an engine, or you know, are you putting the stuff in game? Is the is the program doing it? Is it a designer doing it? I mean, there's a lot. There's I mean, for Dow, that must have been like a huge tidal wave. You know? <laughs> just like wow. <laughs> I think I even had. Uh, I think it might have been one of my first or second ones. I finished it and I was like, okay, now what? I can play it. <laughs> <laughs> play it, I can play it on my machine, but does everybody have it? What happened this to somebody else? Like, what do you do? But you know, obviously you have coworkers that go, "Hey, send it to this person," and they send it back. You go, "Hey, there's a problem here," and yeah, you're just going back and forth trying to, you know, make everything work. Yeah, that's the big thing. Is um, you know, another thing that they, you know, they always give you a little bit of a primer when you're in school about. Maybe it'd be great if you can work well with others, but it really in the game environment you like you've got to be best friends with some of these people because it's back and forth. And you know, I, I'm was in a great situation. I'm really good friends with the programmer who was handling all the characters I was doing. Um, so I could, you know, we were very conversations were very easy back and forth, and we were both on the same page. And that's huge for getting what you want in the game to look good because. Ultimately, everybody wants their stuff in the game to look great, and the animators make we're we're known for making ridiculous requests. Or hey, can you do this, this, and this? And then if you don't have a programmer that's really willing to do that stuff, 
it's not going to go in the game. So <laughs> being able to be personable with somebody and, and really understand where they are coming from and hopefully if they say, I'm, I can't do that or that's not going to be possible for this, it's the truth and it's not just <laughs> blowing you off. They don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. Very good stuff. It just kind of practical stuff that you don't really sometimes think about when you're doing your own little shots and stuff. But when you're in a team environment there, that definitely comes to, to factor there. Yeah. Yeah. The pipeline, especially in the game environment, goes upstream and downstream. I mean, you, you'll be you'll be positive that you're done with something only for it to come all the way back to you and say, it's not working. Or this is, you know, you got to fix this problem because he's spinning up. 360 degrees when he finishes a move or something. You're like, I, what? I don't know what that is. <laughs> Definitely had a few of those. Yeah. <laughs> Got a spinner, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Ratchet and Clank just came out. Um, go check it out. If you, uh, What system is it for? Or what systems? Uh, PS3. Yeah, PS3, so if you got PS3, a PS3. And it will be on the, the Vita uh, soon. Okay. Soonish. Soonish. Okay. I don't know when. <laughs> yeah, it came out yesterday. So. All right, so, check it out. And then Fuse, we don't have a date on that, but obviously it has to be. I'm assuming 2013. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I look forward in spring. Uh, in spring, spring. Of 2013. Yeah. All right, and that one's for which system? That'll be on PS3 and 360. Okay. All right. It's an awesome game. It's actually yeah. Out of all the headaches that you deal with at the end. Jeff and I and a couple other guys got to just sit and play it, and we we're like, "This game's awesome." How rewarding is that? And you've spent this much time in the, and now actually getting to see it. It's actually <laughs> scary. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's really nervous. It's it's what I imagine opening weekend is for feature feature guys when a, their movie finally comes out. Um, when you you're so neck deep in this stuff, you have no idea what it's, what's going on for a lot of times, you know. It's different if you're in QA or something, you're playing the game every day. A lot of times we're not playing the game every day. We just, we've got too much stuff to do to actually sit there and play it. So when Daryl and I and a few others finally got to, you know, join a game and play it for three or four hours, we were relieved. We're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> thank God this is fun. <laughs> People are going to like it. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, guys, we really appreciate your time. This has been a lot of fun. I was really hoping for this kind of dynamics for this podcast, and I, I definitely think we got it. So my Magic 8 ball turned out to be true. <laughs> it works. <laughs> yeah, I had a blast. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, with that, guys, we are out. Mm-hmm.